Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Friday morning. Thanks for starting the weekend with us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there. Our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. Be sort of weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in past Christiane. Yes, it would. Very strange. Trying to figure out. I don't know that I can make that one work. Like Brew Christiane doesn't really work. It doesn't work for me. Past Brucian? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's a uh, the, the coast is like out of my it's like out of my comfort zone. I would just say that you I, just put you just put up uh, Bruluxi and Bruce Gagula and just call it a day. That that works for me. All right, well we'll figure that out when the time comes. Between now and then, if you can't make it to Starkville or Tupelo every morning, just order it for your house. Order it to be shipped. The holiday season's coming up. You want to load up on coffee? They're going to have great deals going on at all times, and plus a lot of their great stuff at Strange Brew Coffee House. Dot com. Speaking of the holidays, guys, you've got to start getting ahead of yourself on this. If you haven't already, start ordering stuff for the Bulldog fan, fans in your family with College Corner. CollegeCornerStore.com, two locations in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet and Flowed by the Half Shell. They've got everything you need, maroon and white. And not just for clothes. We're talking about stuff for the house, for the cars, for the tailgate, whatever it is. They've got it at College Corner. Humble Taco, Starville's best Mexican restaurant, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots when you're looking for something different. But it's it's kind of familiar. You know, you want a taco, but it's Southern food. And I don't know quite how they came up with these ideas. I just know that I'm thankful that they did. As we get closer to Thanksgiving, I'm thankful for Humble Taco. This weekend should be a great weekend on a Friday night to head out there, hang out on the patio, enjoy yourself, some great weather, and some great Mexican food that the only kind you can get at Humble Taco. Firehouse Subs. I mean, I say it all the time. If you're going to tailgate, a Firehouse Subs party platter is a great addition. Something that, you know, everybody can enjoy. Something while the the big food's cooking on the grill. You've got a sandwich to eat while you're watching the afternoon and the morning football games. Check them out. Call your local Firehouse Subs. Get one an order placed and pick it up on game day. You won't regret that. Location, Starkville and Oxford, Columbus, Tupelo, Flowood, Madison. It's Firehouse Subs. Robbie, it is... uh, it is Friday, which means we are doing three P's today for Mississippi State versus Auburn. We got some pretty good preview in yesterday, but we definitely can go a little bit deeper, especially from a Mississippi State perspective. It feels like we haven't talked about Will Rogers at all this week. Um, and you know he's a quarterback that has had a fantastic year, but he's coming off of back-to-back bad games. I mean, there's no other word to describe how he played against Kentucky and how he played against Alabama. Now back at home where he's had his best games of the season. Do you see a big bounce back for Will Rogers in this game? I think so. He's had a chance now to prepare for a couple of weeks. Um, You know it's been killing him the last two games that Mississippi State's had offensively. 
And quite frankly, I thought he was okay against Alabama. I didn't think he was all that bad. I didn't think he was very good against Kentucky. But I thought he played good enough in that Alabama game. You know, if he has some help, they're, they're in the ball game there. But still, just losing those ball games is probably – knowing Will has probably burned him the last two weeks. Uh, and I'm sure that he wants to get back out on the field – I feel certain being back at home where he's been really good this year and having kind of more of a chip on his shoulder again, that's going to be good for him and good for Mississippi State this weekend. Do you feel like the focus of of offensive preparation this week has been how do we counteract these teams loading up the box against us? And you probably spend the entire offseason wondering how you're going to get around the idea of the the drop eight, rush three. And now midseason, you've got to kind of change course on that because I feel like that is the defense Mississippi State is going to see going forward. The drop eight? No, no. The the people loading up the box and putting five, six guys up there and sort of daring Will Rogers to either run or to throw quickly because uh, he hasn't shown any ability to, to, to do that, honestly, so far. Yeah. The state, state has combated that at times, I think, when they've decided they're going to run the football. Um, they've been able to run it a little better. They protected better up front. They've opened up some holes better up front uh, running the football. So, I mean, if if everybody's playing really well, it's kind of a pick your poison if, if everything's going right for Mississippi State. They've been able to run the football pretty well this season and, like I said, block pretty well. And the receivers have been good. But the games they haven't executed, all that kind of comes crashing down. Like when they get off course – they can't seem to to really get back on for whatever reason. Uh, but when State has decided we're going to come out and we're going to run the football, with the exception of the Alabama game, this offense has been very difficult for teams to, to, uh, to combat. And I guess LSU game as well. Mm-hmm. I want to add that in there. But that's two defenses that have elite guys in the back end, elite guys that are tackling uh, at linebacker, if you're able to tackle really well at linebacker and you're able to to win one-on-one matchups in the secondary, then it's hard for this offense to really work. But uh, the teams that don't do it very well, Mississippi State can expose that. And I think Auburn has not been super efficient on the defensive side of the football. No. There's been there's been guys that have been really good this year. I think Derek Hall is having a fantastic year. But they haven't really been just super efficient back there. I, I think State, if they come out and they decide in this game, we're going to use our three-headed monster at running back. Um, and if Dylan Johnson's good to go, we're going to have Dylan Johnson. We're going to have the two back set with Dylan Johnson, Jaquavius Marks. Simeon Price can be that third that third man. And you're able to run the football, kind of establish that early on, wear down that defensive front, and then start attacking the secondary. I think State will be okay. But I, to me, we've said it every week, I think the key for this offense moving forward is to have that ability to, ability to show that you can run the football. And it's never been about Mississippi State coming out there and rushing for 250 yards or picking up eight yards rush. It's never been about that. It's been about eating up yardage, setting yourself up in a third and, and three or something like that, a manageable third down, not getting behind the sticks, and keeping a defense honest. If State's able to do that, I think this is a, a team that can be successful in this league, and especially successful in this ball game. It feels like if I say State carries the ball 25 times, we're going to feel like Mississippi State won the game. It feels like it really is just that simple in terms of 
this happens, so that happens, doesn't it? That's right. Because there haven't there hasn't really been many games this year where, where state has just they've tried to to run the football and they've gotten nothing. I mean, this team's been able to run it. That's why it was kind of so strange that they got away from it in the Kentucky game. And you can say, well, you know, Dylan Johnson went down or they they stopped it early. Well, they only ran it 10 times. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they really stuck to it. Right, it was, right, right. It was, it was never really a thing in that game. So if State comes out, they're running the ball 25 to 30 times a game. I feel confident they're going to have 95 to 100 yards or around that area or more. I think this team has gotten to the point where they can block it up front and they can run it. So that that it's just deciding you're going to do it. That's that's kind of the thing every week. From a, an injury perspective, you mentioned Dylan Johnson. How how much of him do you think we see this week, and how close to 100 do you think he is? I feel like you're going to see him. I mean, he's had. Well, I'm I'm not going to use the Kentucky week because he played into the second half, so. He's had two weeks to recover from this. It's not an ACL or anything like that. He didn't have to have any kind of procedure, from what I understand. It's just one of those things where he just had to rest. I wouldn't put a heavy workload on him. I would work him back in slowly because you got to feel good about Jaquavius Marks, and you also got to feel like Simeon Price can carry a load too. I mean, splitting up carries between those guys, 25 carries between those guys is, is very feasible. Um, and if you if you feel like Dylan Johnson can go, then give him a little bit. But I just I, I wouldn't put too much of a workload on him because you really need him for the the last you know I guess two and a half games. I don't think you really have to have him for that Tennessee's uh, East Tennessee game. But right, uh, you got to have him for Georgia and you got to have him for Ole Miss because he brings kind of a different element at running back that you don't have that. That guy that can shed tacklers, that can pick up some, that can run the ball hard, that can pick up some extra yards. You got to have him then, but I think you t- you got to have him in this game too. So it's kind mm-hmm. of a kind of a, a a tough situation. But you know, hopefully, if he's a hundred percent, then good to go. But if he's not, hopefully, Jaquavis Marsh, Simeon Price can kind of carry that load. Here we are. We're you know this is the going to be the the eighth game of the season for Mississippi. I'm sorry, the ninth game of the season for Mississippi State. And no, and no one receiver has really shown out and become like that that guy like you had a season ago with uh, with Makai Polk. If anybody was that guy, honestly, I might tell you that it's Rufus Harvey more than anybody else. I think he, he may be the only player who has a, a catch in every game. Caleb Ducking is State's leading receiver in terms of catches, but he has kind of disappeared these past two weeks against Kentucky and Alabama. Nothing to show for it there. Ra-Ra Thomas is the leading receiver in terms of yardage, but again, sort of the same situation. Had really no big impact in the in that uh, neither one of those games. Probably the, those two guys not playing as well as they could is a part of the reason Mississippi State didn't win either one of those games. Is, is there still time for you for one guy to sort of step up and become the alpha dog receiver on this team? Well, it's kind of getting late in that regard. I, I think I think it's kind of become what we pretty much thought it would this would be kind of a committee you know there might be you know a uh, a leader as far as catches and all that and i i thought uh jaden wally was my pick for that at the beginning of the season that hasn't turned out to be true mm-hmm. but i think it's it's just kind of been what we 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 also thought that making up the makai polk production would be a by committee thing Mm-hmm. It would be spread out between everybody. State would be better at wide receiver this year 
but they didn't have that guy that had 100-plus catches and 1,000-plus yards. And I think that's been the case. I think State's been better at wide receiver this year, but there hasn't been that guy that has been the, the alpha dog out there. And that's okay. I, I think that's fine. If you have three or four guys that are able to go out there on a single day and get eight catches for 125 yards or something, if you have one of those guys that you feel like can can move into that role, that's good. I think State, for the most part, has two or three of those guys. I think Ra-Ra Thomas can do that. I think Caleb Duckin can do that. Uh, Tulu, to an extent, can do that. You know, Rufus has had uh, games with six to eight catches. So they, they've done a good job kind of supplementing that the loss that you have with Makai Polk throughout the rest of that wide receiver core. And I don't, I don't think that's going to change. I think it's going to continue to be how it is. And I think that's that speaks – that's kind of a testament to what Mississippi State's done at wide receiver and also the evolution a little bit of Will Rogers. Everybody's gotten better. He had not had to have a security blanket like Makai Polk. He's been able to look around the field, and there's four guys out there and five when you had in the running back. Mm-hmm. and find somebody he feels like that can make a play. So I think that's been good for Mississippi State to have that. Hasn't been consistent. There's been some games where they've struggled, most of them on the road. But I think as a as a group, that group's better this year. And I think that's going to continue to be the case. It's just going to be kind of a by-committee thing. I'm trying to think if I agree with you on that. Because when you, you look at last year, obviously you had Polk, and he was sort of he was obviously the lead dog. And I think part of it is the running backs haven't caught as many passes this year. Right now, Marks and Johnson are combined sixty three catches. Last year, they combined for over one hundred and forty catches, um, which so shows I, me that the, he's he's not relying. They're running on yeah, he's not checking down as security much security blanket. But Williams and Wally were both what fifty five plus catches last year. And I don't know that Ra Ra, Tulu, or any of those guys are going to get to that point. I, I, I don't know if I fully agree with you that this receiver group is better than it was a year ago. I'll say that. Okay. I, I, I mean, I obviously disagree on that. Right, right, right. But that's fine. But that, I mean, again, we're talking about. It's fine. Like we last, don't have to. We don't have to go fifteen year, rounds. Well, last year it was Makai Polk, and then everybody else, and they, you know, they might make some plays for you, but I mean, it wasn't really. To me, there was Jaden Wally uh, went down last year, and he mm-hmm. was your leading receiver the year before. Mm-hmm. And Austin Williams was kind of the another kind of security blanket guy, mm-hmm. and then it dropped off by um, eighteen catches. Yeah, by quite a bit. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, I think by the end of the year, when you look at those stats, you're going to see a much more balanced group, and I think that's what you want. I think I don't think you know the thousand yard receiver is great or whatever, but wouldn't you rather have six or seven guys that you feel like at any moment you could throw the ball to and and make a play? Because yeah. I think that's I think that's what they have this year. I think this year they have more options. It's a deeper group. Um, you, like I said, there's not a Makai Polk on this team, but it's a deeper group than they had a season ago, and I think the the numbers bear that out. I mean. Let's see, you got Dylan and, and, and Woody, obviously, 30-plus catches. Mm-hmm. And then you have three other guys with 30-plus catches. Mm-hmm. Um, so the sheer numbers, I think, they're, those are going to grow, too, moving forward. But almost 25-plus catches from four different receivers. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, last year they had five guys for the entire year, if I'm not mistaken, five or six. Jameer Calvin's on there yeah. as well. But 
to me, I, I feel like this group's better this year. All right. Defensively, you know, if you listened, and I don't know if you did, but I had Brandon Marcello on, and he talked. He he had a source tell him about Cadillac Williams' first meeting with the team over there, and a lot of the players came out of that meeting saying, okay, now we're going to run the ball more than we have been, which is crazy when you think about Auburn's offense. It feels like they run the ball a lot. But it feels like they are really going to be run heavy this weekend. Are, are, do you think that's a good matchup for Mississippi State? Yeah, I mean, if they're going to be one-dimensional and just run the football, I, I like I like that. I like Mississippi State's odds there. I mean, I think they'll they'll have some success because there's just there's too much talent back there with Jarquez Hunter and uh, Tank Bigsby, and then you have a quarterback that can run the football as well. Uh, you know, the read option could be uh, really effective for for Auburn in this game. With the, I mean, you put a two back set in there and run the read or something. You have three headed monster back there in the backfield, but State showed me something against Alabama when they decide that they're going to stop the run, they could stop it. So this weekend, if they're going all in on the run, I like Mississippi State's chances to get off the field more often than not. Who worries you, you know, maybe not like a specific receiver, but is your biggest worry with, with Auburn's passing game is the, the sort of the second look? And what I mean by that is, Ashford drops back, nobody's open, he scrambles, and that's how somebody comes open. Sort of the same way it happened with Alabama. Obviously not the same caliber of passer between Ashford and Bryce Young, but he was able a lot of times to to escape pressure and make a second, have a second scan downfield and find guys. That's sort of the same thing that worries you with Auburn, right? Almost like in terms of broken plays. Yeah, very similar. You know, I th- not nearly as much as Alabama because you had a Heisman candidate back there that could – sling the ball around 50-plus yards if he wants to after scrambling. I don't think Robbie Ashford could beat you in that way mm-hmm. as as well as Bryce Young. But I do think that ex- extending plays is where he's going to be able to make the most out of, out of this offensively. I don't think just simply dropping back and passing it, he's going to be as effective as he would be getting out of the pocket, somebody comes open and he finds a strike across the middle of the field or something like that. Uh, so, yeah, it is a concern. I think State's definitely got to be on their toes uh, for a quarterback like that because they have struggled against those kind of quarterbacks and especially getting to the ground, uh, wrapping them up, getting to them has been kind of a, an issue for Mississippi State. So it's one thing you, you want to keep them kind of in the pocket, and then sometimes that's easier said than done uh, because you have somebody that's so elusive like that. So going to be a challenge and he he has improved in a lot of areas uh as he's gotten time out there on the field as most guys do but state's just got to be careful with what um he does best can state get a clean special teams game this week you think i mean we i can't remember the last time they had one they may not have had one all year where there wasn't some small mistake and you know we gave a lot of praise to special teams up until about the uh the arkansas game but Kentucky and Alabama, you had more bad than good both times with special teams. Well, it goes back to my thing about, like, State's just such a different team at home. I mean, it's – I don't know it, – it's it's like that for a lot of teams. I mean, hardly anybody's going to play better on the road than they do at home or as good. I mean, being on the road affects you in some way usually. But State's been pretty good in special teams at home. Um 
I mean, missed a field goal or two and, or an extra point. But as far as everything else is concerned, I mean, this has been a pretty solid team in special teams at home. I think they'll be okay. We shall see. All right. Let's move on into the second half of the show, our playmakers and predictions. That's brought to you by our friends over at Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner this weekend. If you're cooking out or if you're tailgating on campus, make sure it's with beef. Nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill. Fire up some steaks, some burgers, or hey, you got time, maybe a brisket, maybe a picanha, maybe a tri-tip. By the way, I, I want to point out once again that I know all about tri-tip and nobody told me anything about it i'm gonna point Why that would out you lie like that what are you saying i'm saying you're lying no incorrect i have never received any expert information on beef and its various cuts okay i'll point that out again for the record that's not what i was told i don't know who you're talking to i don't know what's going on here anyway Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Again, you know, if you want to make it easy on yourself, head over to Two Brothers. Friday night, and especially Saturday, if you want to sit around, watch college football, enjoy a few beverages and some great food, Two Brothers is the spot. And, I mean, within walking distance of Davis-Wade Stadium. So head over there, you know, grab a seat, grab a drink, grab some smoked wings. So good. Grab some tacos. Oh, by the way, I didn't tell you, Robbie. Uh, my, my wife tried the pork belly tacos for the first time. Think, I think, I think y'all can be a, a teaming up on that one. She, she loved them. There, it's the best thing on the menu to me. And that's that's the number one. I hear you. So, Love it. Head over to Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Enjoy some smoked Southern soul food. Great products, great service. Every business promises it, but Advantage Business Systems delivers it. Every time. And they have been for 47 years. That's the proof. I don't need to say anything else. I don't need to show you any testimonials. I can just show you they've been open that long. Because you can't be open that long if you don't take care of your customers. So when you want to be treated like a neighbor and not a number, when you want to talk to somebody in the state of Mississippi instead of somebody in the state of God knows where, you want to talk to Advantage Business Systems. Their number is 601-362-9192. Or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Are you tired of living the three-stripe life? Are you tired of wearing a polo that's more logo than shirt? Are you tired of having different color sleeves? If you just want a nice, simple, understated polo with the logo that you want on it, you need to check out the Collegiate Collection at The Rogue. Some of the best-looking polos and quarter zips that I've seen. Great name brands. And, of course, the quality and service that you come to expect from the Rogue, one of the top men's clothing stores in all of the Southeast. Head over to the Rogue in Jackson, shop at therogue.com, or check them out on Instagram at the Rogue JXN. Don't live the three stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. All right, Robbie, who we got? Who do you think offensively is your playmaker for this one? Offensively, I'm going to go with a running back in this one. I'm not quite ready to throw Dylan Johnson in the fire. So I think they're going to lean a little heavier on Jaquavius Marks. I think he comes through. I think he has about 60 yards rushing, maybe another 50-plus receiving, maybe two or three touchdowns. I think Jaquavius Marks is going to be big for Mississippi State's efforts of uh, winning this ballgame. Well, I couldn't disagree more. I'm going with Jaquavius Marks. That's my choice. 
We were just to have to go the other way from you on this one. But I agree with you. I think that Johnson, just not, I don't know how close to 100%. I think they're going to try to be careful with him and yet use him at the same time, which can be dangerous. So they'll have to work that balance out there. But Marks, especially in the passing game, I feel like he hasn't, you know, we, we talked about it before the season that he should be MSU's all-time leading receiver by season's end. I thought he'd be closer to it than he is. He's 25 catches short of passing Fred Ross. He would have to have his 25th catch from this day forward will be his 200th career catch, which would break the MSU record. I think he'll get there. I think he's going to start with a big game this week. You just said a few minutes ago, hasn't been relying on the running backs as much in the passing game. I think this week you could see remarks with a 6-7 catch game, maybe 50-60 on the ground, 50-60 in the air for 110, 120 all-purpose yards and a score. So, yeah, I'm with you on this. Jaquavius Marks is my offensive playmaker. What about defensively? What do you have? Uh, I'm going to go with Bookie Watson. Um, do you have him too? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not that we're copying each other. It's just that we're on the same page here. Mm-hmm. B- Buki is uh, a guy that grew up wanting to go to Auburn. If you remember correctly, he didn't sign with Mississippi State in the early signing period. He waited, took an official visit to Auburn. It was, you know, Mississippi State fans were waiting out whether or not Auburn was going to take him. They didn't take him. He comes to Mississippi State. This game means something to him. And also, he's just really good against the run, which I'm expecting um, Auburn to do a lot of. I think Jet Johnson has a good game as well. But Buki being as athletic as he is, he's going to be a little more um, effective in this ball game on the edge for Mississippi State, whether it's chasing down Robbie Ashford or getting after Jarquez Hunter and uh, – Tank Bigsby. So I'm going to go with Buki and you are as well. Did you listen to my show? Did you listen to the final live? I have not listened to you, your you show. You almost yet. exactly said what I said. I said. I mean that we are we are locked in this week in terms of that. So yeah, Watson I think is is the guy that, that can can do the best job of containing Robbie Ashford. I think he and Johnson are both going to have double digit tackle games because I expect Auburn to be really prolific running the football. But yeah, Buki Watson is definitely the guy that I, I have an eye on here. What about an X factor? What do you got? Should you go first here? Uh, perhaps <laughs> I should. I don't by the way, I listen to your show every week on the on the podcast feed. Mm-hmm. I have not yet been able to, to check it out, but I will listen to it this afternoon. Well, I appreciate that. I'll let you know. I support my friends. Yeah. Um, I think I, I want to go defensive again. Um, and I feel like, you know, Auburn is just going to be, they're going to run the ball, but you also need somebody who can pressure Ashford and flush him out because he'll he's the kind of quarterback who can make mistakes that you can take advantage of. That guy's Tyrus Wheat for me. I think State's linebackers are just the key in this game for them defensively because Auburn wants to run the football, but you've also got a mobile quarterback. That means your linebackers have to be smart, they have to contain, and they have to get after him when he does decide to run. So Tyrus Wheat is that guy for me. I see him having at least a sack in this game, and we'll sort of take it from there. So Tyrus Wheat is my X factor. I was going to go Tyrus Wheat. (laughs) This is incredible. I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not going to now. We can't have. We can't have all three the same. No. Um, I'll go on the offensive side of the ball. I feel like I've been trying to will him into making some plays, and he just hasn't in the last few days. But I think Ra Ra Thomas is going to have a big play in this game at at some point. 
He's been silent, and this is a guy that's kind of up and down, but you're kind of waiting for that big game for him again. He hasn't had it for a couple of weeks. I think in this game he comes up with a big-time play late, very similar to how he did against um, A&M, I think, yeah. when he, he had that big, that big uh, touchdown. He had a 75-yarder, yeah. Yeah, I think that happens in this game. I think you know there's going to be a time maybe in the second half that Mississippi State needs a big play or – Something like that. He wins a one-on-one battle in the red zone, or he has a big uh, touchdown reception. I think he has a big game. All right. Normally, this will be when Robbie and I will leave you. Robbie is about to leave you. But before we go, as promised, I I made you guys a promise, and I always try to deliver on my promises. At this time, we will hear an address from our king, the king of the South. Ladies and gentlemen, Brandon Walker. Ladies and gentlemen, thunder and lightning knows no king but the king of the south, whose name is Walker. At this time, his grace will now address us, Brandon Walker. Thank you, Robbie. I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. It has been one of those things that I don't know why we keep coming back to this, Brian. I don't know why we keep having to do this. I don't know why men are not built like men should be built. Brian, can I ask you a question? Yes. Do you love Mississippi State University? You know that I do. Brian, I'm going to ask you a follow-up question. Certainly. If, if, regard, if knowing your, your love for Mississippi State University, if that university gave you the keys to the kingdom and said, hey, Brian, we want you to lead us into the future. We want to go as you go. We're making you the top dog. If they did all of that, would you ever leave them, Brian? I would not. Brian, what keeps happening to make men who are raised by Mississippi State, who are shaped by Mississippi State, who are molded by Mississippi State, to then get to a certain stature and say, you know what, that over there looks better than Mississippi State. I ain't built like that, Brian. I ain't built like that. What the hell's going on? I would ho- I was hopeful you had answers for us. You know, there are many in the Mississippi State media that are reasoned and measured. I'm sure the Robbie Fox and the Paul thankful to John Cohen for his time at Mississippi State. I'm sure they're very appreciative. I'm sure you can see that sentiment throughout the fan base. Thank you, John. Good luck to you. But, Brian, we've known each other for a while now, right? For many years. That ain't me. No. Okay? And to this day, I don't think Scott Strickland should be allowed at a university event in Starkville, Mississippi. He gave up the throne. He turned his back on the university for greener pastures. And now John Cohen has done the same thing. The difference is, the difference is when Scott Strickland left, I think we all said, man, that guy did a pretty good job here. And with John Cohen, it's like, John, we were probably the the only ones that were – we're the we're the only ones that would have put up with this crap. I mean, there wasn't. I don't imagine there was a a large clamoring for John Cohen's services at the time he was hired as athletic director. At Mississippi. Now, maybe people would have liked him to have been their baseball coach, 
But as lead director, no, you're, you're absolutely correct. You're great. You know what? You're, exa- you're, you're, you're exactly right. We gave, we gave John Cohen an opportunity that would have never in a billion years presented itself without us. Ever. And I just don't understand. These guys trick themselves into thinking, oh, this is a bigger opportunity than Mississippi State. And that's fine. It looks sexy. It looks pretty. It looks awesome. He's going to go be a yes man for a bunch of boosters who don't give a shit what he what he has to say about anything. That's his life now. It, it, it is something that I don't understand in terms of the fit. You know, I don't understand how John Cohen, who you and I both know, we've had dealings with him, is one of the most... I mean, he's a hard-headed guy. He's used to getting his way, and now he's walking into a situation where, in all likelihood, he will not get his way. Athletic directors, um, as a whole, are probably an overrated thing. You know, I, I don't know how many universities where the athletic director really makes all the decisions. I know Mississippi State's one where he had a pretty good say in everything. Mm-hmm. At Auburn, the guys that signed the checks, the guys that, that 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 give to the football program, the guys that sell some wood, those are the guys that uh, that make the decisions. And John Cohen's just going to rubber stamp everything. And 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 they just ran out an athletic director like six months ago or three months ago, and they're going to do it again. I I just don't understand, Brian. I I I hate everybody in the SEC. You understand that, right? One hundred percent. I have a special hate for Auburn. I mean, they're 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 dirty. They're delusional. I don't like anything about them. Going going back to the, did you have this this uh, aversion of them before the Cam Newton thing? I like to think I hated Auburn uh, my whole life, but certainly the Cam Newton thing took it to another stratosphere. And it's not that they bought a player from us. That's fine. That happens. Uh, we've seen Ole Miss do it annually on signing day every day since I was born. So I, I'm not worried about that so much. Uh, I am worried about the, the, the part of their fan base that as soon as they bought Cam Newton, acted like they got him for free while we threatened to pay him. Um, that, that kind of delusion exists on the plane, really, uh, more on the plane than anywhere else. But my question, I guess, I guess, Brian, I'm being negative. I guess, Brian, we're talking about a guy who left. I guess I'm being too petty. Let's talk about the future. By all means. And let's start with... The incredible response of Bulldog fans joining the Bulldog Initiative in the past couple of days. Can I can I ask you another question? I feel like I'm interviewing you. Which is really weird because under no circumstances would anybody want to hear you interview me. Yes, though, you may ask me a question. No, they would because it would be it'd be my show. It'd be me interviewing, and, and I, thousands of people do that. It's a good point. Uh, uh, so uh, my question is this: If you had just if you had just hired an athletic director, would it please you to hear that as soon as that athletic director left, the university he left uh, tripled its NIL endowment, or, or for lack of a better word, endowment? I, I will answer your question with a comment from yesterday uh, that I saw on Twitter that Robbie Falk had made a, a, a comment that stated doubled its, its NIL at that point. And some Auburn fan was like, oh, it went from two to four? And Robbie got the right response. He's like, Shouldn't you be concerned that the athletic director you hired had it at two? Yeah, I no, mean that, that's that, that's exactly right. Now I'll say this: Auburn's never going to have trouble uh, raising money no. for for recruits and stuff like that. They're never going to do that. But uh, if they're they're looking for a leader in that regard, I don't think they've hired one. I agree with that a hundred percent. That that that. Am John- I being too petty for not liking John Cohen all of a sudden? Or but that's just how I'm built. I'm sorry. I like. I would kill to be in a position of power at Mississippi State University. Why do these guys keep giving it up? 
You're not. You're, it's it's nothing against you. You are a man, a, a, a king of a certain yeah. personality, who yeah. you know. You are a loyal person. You will be loyal to someone who is your friend. You will be loyal to them your entire life. But the the second they betray you, you cut them out. Right. Yeah, and that's dead. that. That's they're, how they're you. Dead. That's how you operate. Uh, did you see today that John Cohen has announced he's not coming to Starkville this weekend? I saw that. Yes. What What are your thoughts on that? I say that a king should lead his men into battle. Hey, it's it, it's it's very cowardly what John's doing. Uh, if John decided, if John didn't want to go to the game as Auburn's guy, that's fine. Then you know how you can avoid that. And this is uh, proven through time. Uh, can I cuss? I will allow it. It's going to be a big one. Oh. You know what? One time only. Can you bleep it out? Can you bleep it out? I can do that, yeah. If you don't want to come to Starkville as the Auburn Athletic Director, don't take the Auburn Athletic Director job, you dumb shit! I thought you said there was going to be a big one. I said the F word. I mean, you know, that's, 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 it's, it's, you know, it's like C tier. But you know what? I, 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 no, no kidding. I was at Starkville in 2018 when Dan Mullen and Scott Strickland came back when yeah. Florida won 13-6 over the rotting corpse that was Joe Moorhead. Uh, I, was, I was in Starkville and watched, uh, time, I watched Mississippi State staffer after staffer, Mississippi State fan after fan, walk up to Scott Strickland, shake his hand, and welcome him back to the school, all while I just stood in the corner and stared like, don't you can walk over here. I, I just... And, 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 and the fact that I saw that scene and it made me so sick, I'm kind of glad John Cohen's not coming back so people can be fake and be like, oh, welcome back. No, I don't want you to come back. I don't. I mean, this this is how you operate. It's what's made you a, a success. It's what has you on top of the mountain as the king of the south. Maybe, maybe. But I, I, I do think uh, I, I could stand to be a little bit more reasonable. Well, but, I, uh, what I would tell you, Brandon, is I know that this is how your boss operates. You know what? And he's a he's a he's a millionaire many times. Multi-millionaire, over. and but you, you betrayed Dave Portnoy one time. That's it. I think that's how I, I got think, the King of the South thrown back. I think some certain people, yeah, I was about to say, have learned that lesson in the past few months. Oh man, man, what's the what's it like in Starville right now? What, what, if John Cohen walked into walked into your office right now, what, what, what would it, what, what would, what would go down? There would be a lot of questions. There would be a lot of, you know, I, I don't understand why Auburn. You know, if he, if he had gotten the job at Alabama, oh, yeah. I, I get it, right? But Auburn, it just it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. That being said, how it is in Starville, I think it's very hopeful. I think a lot of people are, are excited about change. I think that people believe that maybe to, to this past couple of days has been the spark to push Mississippi State forward. You see what's happening with NIL. You see what's happening with the Bulldog Initiative. You see what you know. You see Dr. Keenum going to be running a national search. I think you're going to get some new ideas and some new blood in here. This is what I need to hear. I like this. I like everything about this. So, because uh, last time again, last time we opened up the athletic director search, we didn't open it up at all. We went no. down the hall to hey baseball coach, you want to come? You want to come do this? And uh, I don't know. Like, well, it, he he it, did fine. He hired, listen. The man hired. I will say this: the man hired our only national championship coach in history. He's got to get a lot of credit for that, right? But at the same time, also yeah. think about it like this, Brandon: Mississippi State hasn't gone outside for an, an athletic director since when? I mean, Templeton oh, was geez. inside. 
Byrne had worked here. Strickland worked here. When's the last time they went truly outside and got somebody? I mean, you're talking about going, I, I don't even know. I don't know who was before. I don't know off the top of my head who was before uh, Templeton and what they did. So, I think his name was Bob something. <sighs> it might as well have been. I'll put it that way. So, so how are yeah, you? How are you? Do you need Do you need anything from us? I need to I need to beat Auburn this week, and I need to beat Ole Miss in a few weeks. Can I get those things from you? I think I can. I can. I can help you with the first one. I, I we'll see what happens on the second one. I'm gonna do my best. I will give all hey, that listen, I can give. I I'm just gonna say this right now. All the frustration and the anger and the and the funny things I'm saying right now about uh, about losing our athletic director to Auburn pale in comparison to the way our brethren up north are going to react like little children when Lane Kiffin becomes their next coach in about a month. So that is going to be fantastic. I got to be honest with you, as 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 fantastic as that would be, the thought and I've I've mentioned this a few times, the thought of uh, John Cohen having to stand at a podium and talk about the integrity of Hugh Freeze uh, really makes me giggle. Yeah, it, it, it does. But uh, and, and I'm the only realist in America that will say this that has a national platform. Mm-hmm. Um, people say uh, it's Hugh Freeze. It's Hugh Freeze. It's Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze will never coach the Power Five level again. You never. Cannot- you cannot go through a background check and then hire Hugh Freeze. I'm sorry. The only people morally bankrupt enough to do it are the people who have already done it. Ole Miss did it because they didn't care. Liberty does it because, oh, my God, they do some weird things at Liberty. It will never happen again. He won't coach Nebraska. He won't coach Auburn. He won't coach Tulane. He won't coach anybody at a, at a top level of college football again. That's a bold statement. But you're a bold man and a king. Uh, is bold the right word? It's 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 good enough. It works. So, how's your life going? I'm okay, feeling pretty good. You know, you know, as the hand, am I the hand of the king? By the way, you you call me. You're like I need to make an address, and I make it happen. Yeah, more like the belly of the king, but whatever. <laughs> that was an actual. That was a good joke. I, I won't lie to you. I, I I thought that was funny. So anything? I just. I'm sitting on the throne, and I said, "Ho, ho, ho! Wait, the belly of the king approaches, and you just waddle on." I just waddle on it. What's what, you know? Like they had the they had the hand pin. What's mine? Like a lollipop? What is it? I don't even know. No, like a turkey leg. A t- <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Settle, settle down, everybody. All right. Any any anything else? You anything else you need to tell the Bulldog Nation before you go, Your Grace? No. Well, first of all, are you just rushing me out of here. I thought we just started. Oh, I, 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 you, you, you started this phone call with how long is this going to take? Uh, okay, let me say some some real things. Okay, sure. Uh, first of all, the Barstool Invitational uh-huh. is Barstool Sports' first foray into hosting an in-season basketball tournament. It happens next week, Friday, November 11th, which is my wedding anniversary with my wife. Also Veterans Day. Uh, it is. Uh, Mississippi State against Akron, also UAB against Toledo. It's in Philadelphia. I doubt a lot of people are flying up, but if you are a Mississippi State fan from the Northeast, or if you're in the Northeast now, you've been banished to the Northeast like me, come out. See us. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see Mississippi State play basketball next week in Philadelphia. Who do you think has seen more unspeakable things, veterans or your wife? Well, I would say uh, it was my anniversary being on Veterans Day. Me being married to my wife for 16 years qualifies me to celebrate both. Um, but almost definitely her. 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like the horrors of war, are nothing compared to the horrors. She just of has that. She just has a thousand yards there. She's just she like, just can't. I can't. I can't. You know, she just you know, snap out of it. You know, I, I understand. Right. I understand. I've so. seen. I've seen things you don't understand. And then you've got a big, uh, a big uh, matchup on the dozen coming up too, right? And the and the things she's seen that don't understand all involve Mississippi State. Uh, yes, I've seen things. I've seen things you don't understand, like like this man laying on the ground after Morgan William got fouled in the national championship game. And nobody called it. Right. Uh, yeah. So my 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 dozen. Yeah, whatever. The dozens in New York City. Who cares? I'm playing that old man's idiot. Not, that's not a big deal. Oh, I thought it was a big deal. I'm sorry. My my, my apologies. You're gross. Probably going to be in basketball. I think year one's going to be tough, but I think we'll be I okay. I, if you're a betting man, I would bet a lot of unders. I, I think our yeah. defense is going to be outstanding. I'm not sure our offense is going to be where it needs to be yet, but we'll see. Well, you are a betting man, so you know you push those out there on the uh, the barstool uh, gaming apps. I do, I, I do. Uh, and then we got let's see, we got Auburn left. Who else we got left in football? Georgia. Auburn. Now you said before uh, the season that you thought State could win that game. I still kind of like doesn't Leach has a penchant for stealing one that he you don't expect him to steal, and boy, I just remember twenty twenty when Mississippi State was god awful and and Georgia was good. We were like twenty seven point dogs, and they beat us by seven at yeah, their place. Yeah, it's coming off the Tennessee game for them. Yeah, they like beat Tennessee. Like, they beat Tennessee like forty eight thirty four in a war, and then we're just chilling. They come to Starkville. It's sleepy time. I don't know, man. I would like to see see what happens and where where is a barstool college football show headed next? Well, we're pretty much done with our big weekend trips. We have a matching tour in the middle of the week soon, where we go oh. to Toledo on Tuesday and Northern Illinois on a Wednesday. Which, uh, you know, that sounds that sounds. They fun. love to party in DeKalb. Yeah, it's like two ugly people in a staring contest. That's going to be fun to watch. You couldn't you uh, couldn't swing an Akron trip in there to see uh, Joe Moorhead. See my boy Joe? No, no. I, I, ever since Joe left, me and him don't text as much uh, no. or at all. Uh, no. But, uh, yeah, we got that coming up. And then we, of course, have Army-Navy at the end of the year. Oh, you're going to that? That'll be fantastic. That'll be a lot of fun. No, I'm not going to it. I'm just, we're just going to do a show there. Yes, I'm going to it, Brian. I'm sorry. I, I just try to be polite, and 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 this is you know you know what though you're the king, and I you know what I don't I don't begrudge you any of this. I hope we beat Ole Miss. Yeah, well, you're not alone in that. I promise. Almost everybody listening is is with you on that particular. I, mean, thing. I can handle I can handle mediocre seasons. I, can, I don't want to lose them three times. I'm just telling you that from from a content standpoint, Barstool loses out when Ole Miss wins because Mints. What he does, not original, not funny, nothing yeah. to it. If Ole, if State beats Ole Miss, I, I trust you to have something that's worth watching. I've rented an apartment for December in case uh, in Starkville in case Mississippi State beats Ole Miss. And me and Mitch are coming down there. And he's he's going to have to live the life of a Mississippi State fan for a month. I'm, I'm down with that idea. So I've spent $30,000 on this idea. <laughs> <laughs> he's going he's gonna to hit me with three eggs. I'm, I'm taking out a small business loan. <laughs> I, I can't say the word, but Peter's like, would uh, uh, rent a bulldozer to crush his house if in preparation? <laughs> That's something like that. Uh, maybe. Uh, small amount of peas, small amount of peas. Podcast uh, on McCormick. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, John Cohen, athletic director at Auburn. Good. Have fun. Good luck, buddy. All right. You'll be unemployed in two years, idiot. His grace, 
the king of the South, Brandon Walker. Thank you for joining me. All right. Thank you for, well, I don't care. Anyway, we'll see you. Thank you to Brandon Walker for gracing us with his presence. We always enjoy hearing from him as he rules us from far away and yet remains benevolent in his leadership. With that said, that freaking guy. I had to, only had to blurp out two F words, Robbie. Did good. <laughs> I haven't had to take any profanity like that out of anything since I was working for V Sporto and having to edit John Middlecoff's uh, podcast. Those were fun times. Yeah, I knew I knew it was going to be kind of rough. Yeah, well, he had some things to say, so we'll just let him, I, I let him I let him have carte blanche. All right, guys, have a great weekend, Robbie. And I'll be back with you sometime on Sunday, and uh, we'll talk to you then. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.